Coming up on NRL Teams, Josh Papali is set to be a Raider for life. Big Papa has re-signed with Canberra, but will he go down as the Green Machine's greatest ever forward? Will Captain Boyd Cordner be named to lead the Roosters for their showdown against the finals-bound Sharks? The Panthers are one win away from sealing the minor premiership, but will Coach Cleary rest some of Penrith's stars? And will Manly be turbocharged for the first time since June as Tom Trebojevic eyes a long-awaited return? Hello, welcome to NRL Teams, brought to you by Telfast. Yes, the teams for the second last uh, regular season round will be in in a few minutes. Of course, we've got the purple theme this week as we celebrate a special round this year in Women in League Round. Today is also a special day for the game. At one stage, we didn't think we'd have a State of Origin series, but we will have uh, a State of Origin series, of course, in November. And the dates and days and locations are officially locked in. So let's look uh, today, uh, the NRL locked uh, Adelaide Oval in for game one, the first ever Origin match in Adelaide. Game two will be in Sydney on November 11. And Suncorp Stadium will be the host of a potential decider on Wednesday, November 18. And it's also official, the Harvey Norman Women's State of Origin match will be held on Friday, November 13 at Sunshine Coast Stadium. It's great news for the game. Uh, we're going to be taking Origin to Adelaide. Robbie Farah uh, and uh, Brett Kamali. I mean, this is great news for the game. Uh, but let's move the discussion to your Origin bolters. One for the Blues and one for the Maroons. Yeah, my Blues bolter is uh, Stephen Crichton. I think he's been outstanding this year. And uh, with the potential of Penrith going deep into the finals, I think he's a, a name that'll be in the mix. And... For the Maroons, uh, Big Tino. I'm not going to try and pronounce his surname, <laughs> but uh, Big Tino. I think, you know, uh, sorry, uh, the Maroons are really looking for some some impact in their in their forwards after the last couple of seasons, and I think uh, he's a name that'll be uh, earmarked for Origin this year. Not either either of those players feature in your bolters later this year. Well, I think they both will get close to being selected. As Robbie said, they're both going absolutely great, and they're going to play close to the grand final. Uh, my two players. Uh, one comes from the Penrith Panthers. You know, I've got Liam Martin as my boulder for New South Wales. Uh, has been terrific for Penrith. Uh, edge back rower, athletic, fast. Um, I'm not too sure if the back rowers uh, from last year's series will get picked, um, being injuries, or they'll go out before the semi finals start. And Harry Grant, um, you know, the young superstar in the making. Uh, he's done the apprenticeship under Cameron Smith. He's played first grade this year at the West Tigers and is absolutely killing him. So. I feel like he'd be ready for a dummy half position for Queensland. And the squads are set to be bigger for both sides, given uh, the three games, three weeks apart, back to back to back. So can't wait for that in November. And also can't wait to look back at the predictions for round 18. I'm going to go the three R's. We'll win by 13 plus. 42 to 12. Canberra, 37. St George Illawarra, 8. 26. 24 to the Rabbitohs. Broncos Titans is going to Golden Point. The Gold Coast Titans win it convincingly. 18 points to six. Now, Noddy, I said last week, why did you go triple barrel? You would have had it if you only went for two. Well, hang on. What one am I going to take out? You know, you've got to, got to back yourself, Zach. At 20 nil, or it's like two out, two out of three. Is that like a pass mark? You will 66%? never, you will never mm. learn. 66%? What were your MVP votes for last week? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had uh, one point for Daly Cherry Evans. I thought he was great for the Manly side. Uh, his kicking game, his composure. Uh, two points for Cameron Smith. Uh, I don't know how we can be thinking he, he should retire because his game 
and management hasn't slowed. And three points to George Williams, the Raiders halfback. I thought he had a wonderful game. Um, I think they're the best or one of the best forward packs in the competition. They play with so much power and, and you put a lot of emphasis then on the seven and the six for the Raiders to play well. And George Williams, on only a few occasions this year, has he done three-point matches. Uh, and when he plays like that, they win easy. Robbie, any of those three featuring your best no, three for the weekend? No, I've actually got a completely different three this weekend. <laughs> um, my one point was James Fisher-Harris. Uh, as you, you know, He's been in great, great form all year. Two points, Jack Whiten. Uh, for me, he's been one of the form players in our in the last six weeks. And my three points is to Sifa Talakai, who you know, has only kind of, I guess, burst into the scene the last you know, six to eight weeks for the Sharks. And... Yeah, he's been absolutely outstanding for him. He's just like a little wrecking ball. And, uh, yeah, he's playing long minutes. He's carrying the ball close to 200 metres every game. And uh, I thought he was outstanding on, uh, for him on the weekend. All right, well, Siva Talakai won't be on the MVP leaderboard. That was his first votes for the year. But Nathan Cleary still out in front. 19 points. James Tedesco, 17. Caelan Pong, 15. The big mover, Jack White. And so, gents, keep those numbers in mind with one round to go, all right? Nathan Cleary is the man to catch. All right, the teams are officially in for round 19. It all kicks off with the Rabbitohs against the Bulldogs. Women in league round Thursday night at uh, ANZ Stadium from 7.50. Jackson Paulo is back on the wing for the Bunnies. After being rested, the 20-year-old comes in for Dane Gagai, who accepted a one-match ban for his role in the brouhaha with Luke Brooks last week. Hame Sele is named to return from a shoulder injury he suffered in round 11, forcing Patrick Margo out of the 17. There could be a late change, though, uh, with Tavita uh, Totola pushing to return from injury. Dallin Watene's Lesniak is back on the wing with Tim Lafoy returning to the centres. Luke Thompson is named at prop after missing last week with a calf injury he picked up at training. Chris Smith is promoted to lock with skipper Josh Jackson shifting back to the edge in his 200th match in blue and white. Renoff Tuamunga drops to the bench alongside the recalled Sione Katoa, while Dean Britt and Nick Meany miss out. Meanwhile, Matt Dury will miss the final two games of the year with an injury. There was so much talk earlier this year, especially on this show, about how Souths will overcome the loss of Sam Burgess and John Sutton. Robbie, Jaden Sewer, how important how important has his improvement been for the Bunnies this year? Yeah, it's been it's been uh, huge, you know, and not just him, but Bailey Surinan as well. It's allowed them to have you know strike on the edges. Whereas at the start of the year, where we mentioned Cam Murray kind of got moved to the edge and it took his effectiveness out of the middle of the park and it took away from their game because it was such a strength for them. But yeah, having those two guys really playing well now has allowed them to keep Cam Murray in the middle. They've got him in the middle. They've got strike on the edge in Sewer and, and Surinan, um, you know, playing well. So, you know, it's, it's definitely um, made up for the loss of Sutton and Burgess after last year. He's been one of the Bunnies' best. Uh, one of the Dogs' best over the last uh, decade has been Josh Jackson. Noddy, every week it seems like they're in the headlines. They've been through so much this year, even this week. There's talk about infighting at board level. Surely the Dogs get in and fight for their skipper this week in his milestone match. Yes, yeah, certainly. They'll rally for him, obviously. As you said, he's come through all their systems. He played under 20s. He's now the, the leader of the club. Um, the amount of work he does as well, he's, you know, he's... Last week I thought he was their best player. Um, the hit-ups he does, he locks up the middle, the tackles, um, the effort he plays with him and Aidan Tolman. Obviously they've notified Tolman they won't be a part of next year, but Josh Jackson is what you can build the franchise over. They, they, they barely get beat by many points week in, week out. They have a, a genuine crack, and that's because I think Josh yeah. Jackson's one of their leaders. He trains well, he prepares well. 
and, and he just puts every effort into every match. Does that wooden spoon factor, they're still trying to avoid it, they need a win desperately, does that still play into their minds this week? Yeah, I think there's a bit of motivation, yeah. And, and last week, you know, Jade Knockenball got the ball three or four times and had try scoring opportunities. And then obviously Remus Smith near the end of the game throws a no-look pass to no one, but they don't play enough football. The, the way to score points is actually to pass the ball around, and I think, you know, South will certainly show that they can score quickly, but they can concede pretty quickly mm. as well. All right, well, the Cowboys are up for a big test when they take on the league-leading Penrith Panthers, who are one win away from a minor premiership. They host the Penrith Panthers on Friday night at 6pm. We'll look at the starting side in a second, but the Cowboys could receive a huge boost for their final home game of the year with Jason Tamalolo named on the reserves list to return from a calf injury. Murray Tungalai uh, Tuolangi rather, is back from a knee injury in the centres. Corey Jensen is promoted to prop while Gavin Cooper will start in his final game as a cowboy in Townsville. Francis Molo fills in for Josh Maguire at lock. He's accepted a one-match ban while John Asiata is also suspended for a week. Tom Gilbert and Emre Perry are on the bench alongside the club's latest rookie, 20-year-old back rower Ben Condon will make his NRL debut and says his favourite game day pump-up song is Footloose, believe it or not. That is a fact. Let's look at the Panthers. Ivan Cleary has rested a couple of his senior players this week, but his son Nathan isn't one of them. Captain James Tamo and hooker Appy Corusau have been given Friday night off, so Moses Leota and Mitch Kenny uh, plug the holes up front. Zane Tedavano is also on ice, so Kurt Capewell gets some much-needed game time from the bench, as will Jack Hedrington, who will play his first game for the Panthers since round one. He played six games while on loan with the Warriors. Elsewhere, Dean Farre is back on the reserves list as he strives to force his way back into the inform side after nine weeks out with a toe injury. Robbie, uh, the Cowboys haven't been great at home this year. They've lost six of their nine matches up there. With that in mind and the fact that it's Gavin Cooper's last home game as a Cowboy, he's done so much for that group uh, against the league leaders. Surely they've got to be up for this. Yeah, you'd like to think they'll be up for a game. It's, it's such a big game for them, as you said, last... Last home game of the year, they've been quite disappointing up there this season, which is quite surprising, really, when you think that, you know, with the game day travel this year and, and teams having to go up from Sydney or, or Melbourne, wherever it may be, three hours on game day, you'd like to think that that's a massive advantage for the Cowboys to have. But unfortunately for them, it hasn't worked out this way uh, that way this season. So, you know, I think Gavin, Gavin Cooper deserves... Um, you know, whether it's a win or not, but definitely a big performance from his side this weekend. So the Cowboys will be with uh, their most experienced player, but the Panthers will be without a couple of theirs. Are you surprised Ivan Cleary didn't rest more of his stars, given it's their longest road trip of the year, just two weeks out from their finals? Yeah, well, I think you've got to be very careful of just resting players and playing... You know, losing some form, you know, getting a chance of getting out of the, the sink they're in. They won 13 in yeah. a row. Obviously, Bailey's brought them home for most of their home games. But, <laughs> um, but they're going great. You know, the players he's rested are more the middle forwards, too, that do a lot of work and have to do a lot of collisions. Like, not taking away from anything from the halves, but they play 80 minutes, but they're not doing a lot of the collisions, a lot of the tough runs. So I think keeping the halves together, playing together, um, and resting them up Monday to Friday, that's what I think the players will like to do. The guys he's rested are the guys that have got to do lots of work. Yeah, well, one man who has been getting through plenty of work uh, this year and hasn't been rested is James Fisher-Harris. Let's look at some of his numbers this year. 18 games, averages 61 minutes, 191 run metres, has run over 100 metres every week. His lowest is around 130, so that's massive. Post-contact metres are high. Average hit-ups at least 16, uh, close to 17 per game, and averaging 35 tackles a game. They've got Kikia, they've got Martin, they've got Tamo, they've got Yo. But is this man the most important cog 
in the Panthers, Panthers engine. They're impressive numbers, aren't they? You know, he's, he's really uh, come of age this season. Uh, his aggression, it's just not the stats, it's the way he goes about his work as well. You know, he, he runs hard, he tackles hard, he's, he leads by example, and I think the other fours get on, get on the back of you know, his go-forward. And 77 minutes um, and 249 run metres in their biggest test of the regular season before the finals. That shows that he's up for the business end of the year. Yeah, definitely. And as you said, he's been able to get more minutes out of throughout the year. You know, he was a bench player last year or, mm. or a lock, you know, and, and got in change quite a lot. So he's probably turned himself into the top one, two, three front rowers in the game currently. You know, as you said, very powerful, um, hard to tackle. Um, you know, there's some... It, it's a leader... I, you see the attack that Penrith play. They obviously they just play that over the ad line with Nathan Cleary playing flat. That comes on the momentum that these guys create. You cannot play flat football or over the ad line as a half if you've got no time. So the forwards are super important to how good Penrith are going. Okay, and they are also as important for the Eels who uh, went down to the Panthers last week, but they'll look to bounce back on Friday night against the Brisbane Broncos at home. Bankwest Stadium from 7.55pm. Uh, Reid Marnie is set to return after a week out with a shoulder injury, forcing Ray Stone out of the 21. George Jennings and Daniel Alvaro are welcome back after being on loan with the Warriors. They're on the reserves list. The Eels will have some extra motivation to get the job done as well as Ryan Madison celebrates Game 100 in the NRL. The Broncos have suffered a double blow ahead of their return to Bankwest Stadium. Brodie Croft suffered a nasty head knock at training today, ending a rumoured return to the Broncos' starting lineup this week. They'll also be without Payne Haas, who has been granted release from the Broncos' COVID bubble uh, to be with his family following the tragic passing of his brother Chase. So, Peter Gentle has decided to take a gamble in his halves. Tyson Gamble will start in the Broncos' number six jersey for the first time. Sean O'Sullivan drops to the reserves. Joe Offerhangawi and Ben Teo form a brand new front row pairing with Reese Kennedy suspended and Haas out. Jamil Hopawadi is back up in his one match ban, while Ethan Bullimore is recalled. Uh, <laughs> recalled. Not uh, after the. Um, lost to the Panthers on the weekend. We saw the Eels get together without their coach, Nathan Brown, laying down the law. Is that a cause for concern and real fear for the Eels, or is it good to see them binding together going, right, we've got two weeks to clean up our act before the finals? Well, it's probably a bit of both. It obviously shows that the players care, uh, and obviously they've probably listened to the coach a fair bit the last few weeks. You know, Nathan Brown is a, is a senior player, and he has all right to, to rally his, his troops, but... They're in a massive hole. They need to turn things around very, very quickly. Uh, we know they're guaranteed to be, whether it's top four or finish fifth, depending on how they go the next few weeks. Their, their defence is poor. They can't attack anymore. Um, the more criticism they have, the more pressure I think it's going to mount on them for the next few weeks. So uh, I think it's, they're, in, they're in huge drama. The seven, I, the seven needs to start taking the ball to the line, play a bit more shape, create some momentum on the back of him at the moment. It's like they don't know what they're doing. They're all shape and structure, but there's no one actually physically going forward. And I think they're a chance of getting beat this week. That's how far I think Parramatta are struggling. I know, I know, Robbie. I know you don't like Brisbane's team at the moment. They're a chance of getting beat by the Broncos. If they get beat by the Broncos, they don't deserve to play semi-final footy. The Eels. I thought you were going to mention something else. If they get beat by the Broncos, I will. I will. Oh, they're a little bet. No, 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 don't bet. Not yeah, bet. Gamble, gamble, gamble responsibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. As West Tigers captain, you would have been in a lot of those huddles laying down the law. Do you think that was positive signs for the Eels or buying together without the coach? I think it shows self-doubt. I think, you know, they, they know they're, they're in a slump. And I think, uh, you know, coming up to these big games now, like at the start of the year, it was so positive around the Eels side, how well they were going, how they've turned things around, become this consistent you know, team and, 
you know, they, they were a shadow of the team that they were in the past, but now it just seems like all the problems of the past have come back mm. again. And I think now that self-doubt starting to creep in just in time for the finals, which I don't think is a good sign for the Eels. Well, the Broncos have had plenty of self-doubt uh, since one year ago exactly when they travelled to Bankwest Stadium were belted 58-0 by the Eels in week one of the finals. Uh, Robbie, some of their legends said back then that was the darkest day in the club's history. Well, that's been outdone many times this year. How far off or worse off are they this year, 12 months on than that day? Well, that was the start of the downhill spiral, wasn't it? You know, 58-0 in the semi-final. Uh, all the reports came out about the players being at a pub the night before playing poker machines yeah. till yeah. God knows what time. And, uh, you know, the cracks started to appear, the cracks in their culture, and, you know, and it's just continued on a downward spiral this year. So, look, a year on, that was, that was the start of the Broncos' demise, to be honest, and I'm sure that's going to uh, bring up some, some ghosts from last year heading back to Bankwest Stadium this weekend. Noddy, do you think they are just so far off even being that side? Oh, definitely, yeah. You're right. You know, as you said, that was the end of the year last year. They come down, they have a bit of hype, they're excited. As you said, like that was the first time we'd heard any off-field dramas. Mm. All of a sudden, there was a bit of doubt on the coach. Um, when you get... When you get beat in a big game with that scoreline, there's got to be something wrong. That's just not a bad day out. And in Parramatta, then the week later, go out and do exactly the same. Yeah, they got flogged By the, week storm, yeah. the, the week after as well. So that shows how, how far they were. It's, it's a, I think there's three, there's three or four teams in this competition that seem to be way above everyone else. And then there's the, the middle tier and then there's the, the way down the bottom. Brisbane, have, they're going to finish second last. 1988, they come in the competition. They're a side that make grand finals every couple of years. Like, they're at rock bottom. But again, with two games to go and no one cares and a couple of players out, mm. what, what do they care about at the moment? Because they've, they've been through everything this year. Mm, they have. Manly have been through a bit as well uh, without one of their star players. Will he return this week when the Seagulls host the Titans at Lotto Land on Saturday from 3 pm? Well, for the first time in history, Manly have named three Trebojevic brothers in their 21-man squad. The focus this week will be on Tom Trebojevic, who is in jersey 21 as he looks to overcome his hamstring injury. Ruben Garrick is also on the reserves list as he looks to shake off a shoulder injury. Back to the starting side, Lachlan Croker replaces the injured Kate Custard 5'8". Adam Fenor Blake has been included despite re-injuring his knee against the Bulldogs after starting from the bench last week. Danny Levi is back at hooker while Morgan Boyle comes onto the interchange. Gold Coast captain Kevin Proctor is back after serving that controversial four-match ban for binding Sean Johnson. Tanner Boyd returns to the bench while Brian Kelly pushes to come back from an ankle injury. He's on the reserves alongside 19-year-old Toby Sexton, who is yet to make his NRL debut. Unfortunately, Bo Firma's season could be over after he suffered a hammy injury against the Broncos, while Aaron Clark has been granted compassionate leave to return to New Zealand for the birth of his baby boy. Tom is one of the most influential uh, players in the game. He's Manly's number one attacking weapon. We don't know whether he'll return, but if he gets through training this week, he will. He's one of your favourite players, but what can we realistically expect out of him this weekend after a 13-week layoff with injury? Look, I think Des wouldn't risk him unless he was 100% fit, so I think he'll slot straight back in. Attacking-wise, he makes such a huge difference. Defensively, he's going to make an even bigger difference for me. Um, yeah, Manly's defence over the last six weeks has, has been appalling. You know, we mentioned a couple of times on this show that it's very unlike a Des Hasler side. And you know, For me, your fullback is your most important player in defence, organising numbers, getting your talk uh, from the back. And Tom makes such a big difference in that area. So, look, I, you know, I think he's going to really make a difference to their side if he can play. Um, and for him on an individual level, I think getting a bit of confidence back in that hamstring over the last two games of the season 
with one eye on origin at the end of the year. It's a serious worry for Manly, though, moving forward next year, given how poor they are without him. Yeah, but that's, that's like most clubs. If you talk about Cameron Smith was to go down for Melbourne for half the season, I bet they would struggle. Um, you know, they, they, it's, he, he's a freak, though. That's the difference. Like, he is an absolute freak uh, of a player. He played centre and state of origin and was one of the best players on the ground. He plays fullback. Every week he plays for Manly, they win the games. As you said, they're a 12 or 14-point better team in attack and obviously defensively. Um, they've, got, they've got some really, really exciting outside backs. Like, Funa's going good. Like, really good for him. Um, you know... Harper played good last week if, if, with Ben Travojevic, Tom Travojevic. So you're saying there's good signs for Manly moving forward? Yeah, definitely good signs. And, and even Schuster, who made his debut the other week, they, mm. they've got some quality outside backs coming through the ranks. You're right. You need to have the, the good players on the field for majority of the year to win. Depending if they had no injuries. And look where they're coming. That's right. When David Fafita, switching to the Titans, uh, signed with the Titans a few weeks ago, I think it was six weeks ago, you yeah. said, well, you questioned whether Ash Taylor was the man to play off the back of that pack. Now, from what you've seen over the last six weeks, are you convinced he and Fogarty are the two that should play off the back of their monster pack next year? Well, they've, got, they've earned the right to have the chance to play behind them. They've, they've been very consistent. You know, Jamal Fogarty steered the team around. Um, kicking game's really good. Ash Taylor was under enormous pressure. And we, Justin Holbrook did the right thing by taking the responsibility off him. And over the year, we've seen uh, the best of him come out. You know, come up with some really nice short passes last week. Defensively, he's been very good. There was no doubting his talent. Uh, it, it was obviously just got to get his. He had to get his head right. He had to enjoy playing the game again, and having a quality forward plaque. You know, Fodor Waker's going great as well. Jared Wallace is back in good form. He's going to get, uh, as you said, um, David Fafita, Tino uh, Fasul Malami. <laughs> so all of a sudden, you've earned the right through consistency this year to play behind that pack next year. And we still don't know whether Kevin Proctor will be there. There is word that he might be re-signing with the club shortly. So that'll be great news for the Titans. OK, we've got the Storm against the West Tigers on Saturday afternoon. The Storm were almost unbeatable up at Sunshine Coast Stadium. The West Tigers will be hoping to end their run there. Still no Ryan Pappenhausen, though, for the Storm as he battles an Achilles issue. But Brandon Smith could be a huge and early inclusion if he overcomes his broken jaw by Saturday. He's in Jersey 18. Christian Welsh returns from suspension up front, pushing Nelson Asifa Solomono to lock and Tino Fasua Ma'alawi to the bench. Darren Shonig uh, misses out this week, uh, while Paul Momorowski is also a chance of returning after undergoing finger surgery. A fair few changes for Michael Maguire's men. Joey Leilua returns from an ankle injury in the centres, but co-captain Moses Embai is still missing with a knee issue. Josh Reynolds has been recalled to the halves with Luke Brooks suspended. Benji Marshall moves to halfback. Harry Grant didn't train today as he battles an issue he had operated on a few weeks ago but says he will be right to go this weekend. Sam McIntyre starts with Luke Garner dropping to the bench while Zane Musgrove and Russell Packer return. Jacob Little misses out. Well, Harry Grant was up for media today and this is what he had to say about uh, Cameron Smith's uh, decision or indecision about his future. Whisper in Cam's ear, hurry up and make a decision. <laughs> nah, nah, I think, um, yeah, he's been playing that good the last few weeks or this year, and yeah, he's, he's uh, yeah, I'll probably retire before he does, so um, yeah, I'm not sure, so see how we go. He's got a smile on his face now, and uh, probably well said by him uh, the way that Cam Smith's playing, but he's got a big test this weekend. You come up against Cam Smith so often. Will Cam Smith be out to show Harry Grant just how far he's got to come? Yeah, no doubt. I, I think so. It's only natural when you've been at the top of the game for so long and you've got the, the young pup barking at your heels. You know, you want to show 
uh, who's boss still and, uh, and, and vice versa. I've got no doubt Harry Grant will want to test himself against uh, you know, his mentor and uh, a, a guy he's been stuck behind at the Storm for many years. So I'm really looking forward to the Battle of the Nines, actually. They'll both know each other's game pretty well. Yeah. You know, there's, obviously, Harry Grant spent a number of years in the Melbourne Storm system. They would have been in training paddocks together. Uh, I'm slowly changing my mind. I, I, I think Cameron Smith, who's played 426 NRL games, has massively earned the right to make a decision on his future next year, even if it means the Melbourne Storm miss out on a Harry Grant, miss out on a Brand Smith. The service that he's given this football club over the time and how good he's playing. So when did, when did you change your mind? Because you were adamant it was going to become a distraction really fast for Melbourne. It, well, it hasn't become a distraction. And again, when, is he, when does he want to make the decision seems to be up to him. Um, his form is great. You're a long time retired. Um, he hasn't showed any signs of slowing down. And I know it means they might lose a Harry Grant or a Brandon Smith, but if you play 426 games for a club, do you, does that not earn you the right to make your own decision? So do you re-sign Cam Smith... Uh, for Melbourne for one or two years? Well, you could, you could at the moment... You if you're the club, though, and if he says, OK, I want to play on here, do you push for two years? Well, you, play, you just play year by year, don't you? Like, well, if you're going to lose Harry Grant or Brandon Smith, you almost need Cameron Smith for two years, wouldn't you? So, a, yeah. yeah. yeah to, to, to lose one of them guys yeah, for a one-year contract is, is a pretty big loss. You'd almost want Cam to play two if you're going to lose someone like a Harry Grant. But I wish, I wish Cam plays. yeah. You think, Harry, Harry, you think Harry might stay in Tiger Well, he County. might because, you know, he's played 80 minutes week in, week mm. out this year. He doesn't want to go yeah. back to being a bench player next year or, yeah. or just waiting for an injury or a suspension. So, yeah, he needs to be playing NRL week in, week out. And if that, it's not going to happen at the Storm, it's got to happen somewhere else. He's a, he's a boulder for origin. Like, he's not going to go back and be a bench player. He's too good to be a bench player now. He's and I don't, think right. it's, I don't think it's right from the Storm if they force him to do that. Mm. I don't think it's right for, for his development. Cam, please make up your mind. <laughs> We've spoken about it every week now, but yeah, as, as uh, Noddy said, uh, take your time, all the time in the world. The Tigers, uh, they've made up their mind on Benji Marshall's future. He won't be at the club next year, but will they be a better or worse club without him in 2021? No, I think they'll be a worse club. I think Benji Marshall's playing great football. There was a, and again, on the weekend, there was a couple of opportunities where he, he created some of the best passes I've seen all season. This one here, he threw another pass to one of his wingers, but his anticipation from the winger wasn't there and knocked on. Um, the... the the week he got ran over a few times by the, uh, the Roosters' back rower, mm. any halfback that he gets isolated by a big, powerful forward, you're a chance of getting run over. So I think his defence has been really good, really good, Benji. Um, some of these passes have been first class. His kicking game's great. Um, he'd be a great player to have in my club if I had a young halfback to develop about how to play and how to win. So, you know, the other thing is, if he plays good against the Melbourne Storm... It's selling him to the, all the other clubs that he still has got the game to play next year. So it's a big test for Benji this weekend. Yeah. No, I was just saying, when you, when you see his contribution in attack, there's going to be a hole missing there next year and yeah. someone does need to step up, whether that's a, you know, Luke Brooks who hasn't been as dominant in attack this year or whether you know, it's, it's Josh Reynolds you know, takes over the number six jersey, Adam Dewey, Jock Madden, there's a few kids there. But yeah, it's a big ask for someone to come in and, and produce 20 to 25 try assists like Benji has this, this year. All right, I've got to turn our focus to the late game on a Saturday. The Roosters against the Cronulla Sharks who booked their spot in the finals with a win against the Warriors. This one is at the SCG. Skipper Boyd Cordner has been named despite not finishing Saturday, night, Saturday night's match against the Knights. He was cleared of concussion though. James Tedesco and Siwa Tokayaho haven't been named though as Trent Robinson manages their 
load before the back end of the season. Joey Manu slots in at fullback as Mitch Orbison becomes the most capped player in Roosters history when he plays game 303 for the Tricolours. He passes former skipper Anthony Minicello. Jared Warira Hargreaves returns from arrest last week in the front row alongside Lindsay Collins. Isaac Liu starts at lock, pushing Angus Crichton back to the bench, where he is joined by Freddie Lussick, who returns after missing out on selection uh, last week also. This one will be very quick. For one of the first times in a long time, the Sharks' entire 21-man squad is unchanged from last week. Matt Moylan is still battling his ongoing hamstring injuries. Happy 23rd birthday uh, to Kyle Flanagan. It's a big week for him as he faces his former club for the first time. Uh, Noddy, as a former half, you've watched his development. He left the club um, at the back end of this year, uh, last year, sorry. He was dropped by Robbo earlier this year. He's shown great development, but how, how much of a better ball player is he now, 12 months on since he left the Sharks. Yeah, I think his game certainly expanded. Obviously, you know, the resilience he's had to show um, by being dropped. He was a major signing for him. Uh, he's probably been under a fair bit of pressure most of his career because obviously his dad was the coach of the Cronulla Sharks when he first made his debut. So he's always had to sort of challenge himself, Kyle. And I think, you know, he's certainly uh, he's turned himself into a strike goal kicker. Uh, you know, success rate there. His support running's good. Um, passing game's great. Uh, I think he's evolving his game. I had no doubt under his ability. I think he's a, he's a career player. He's going to have a 10-year career. Uh, and I suppose going to the Roosters, he's a very similar player to what Cooper Cronk was, that game manager and steer around. So he'll get a great apprenticeship over there and become a better player again. And his spot as number seven of the Roosters is safe now for the rest of the year? For the rest of the year, yes, definitely. I think that the standards they set are so high. There was obviously a reason why he did get dropped from Trent Robinson. Uh, they've got some, some great young kids coming through. Um, He'll be confident. He'll, he's playing against a former club that, that he spent a number of years at. Uh, he'll be motivated to play well on Saturday night. So I think for a big performance from him. Sonny Bill Williams, he's on the bench again. Uh, has he exceeded your expectations since he returned? He's 35, broken, everyone said before he got here. But, geez, he's been good. Oh, look, he, he was always going to be good. He's, he's a champion player. He's a champion athlete. And it was always going to take some time as well. I think everyone... If anyone kind of put the, the red line through him after week one, I think you're absolutely crazy. Because, you know, out of the game for six, six years... You know, different rule changes, the speed of the game is so different. It was always going to take him time to get his timing back, to get his fitness back. And I think as the weeks go on, you'll just see Sonny Bill slowly improve and improve. And yeah, he was better on the weekend against Newcastle. He'll be even better next week and then watch out come finals time. Yeah, he just looks primed. It looks like a good, so far, so good for in terms of signing Sonny. Yeah, and I really like him in the middle of the park. Yeah, he adds a, a little bit of footwork and yeah, a pass in the middle. Uh, yeah, and, and when, when you've got him in the middle of the park... You're drawing numbers into you, so you're creating opportunities out on the ruck as well, uh, on the edge of the ruck as well. So, uh, yeah, he's probably going to take time to transition to that role. But look, I think he's starting to warm to it. The Sharks have secured their spot in the top eight with a win against the Warriors. What would a good defensive display do against uh, the Premiers and one of the Premiership favourites? What would it do for their confidence? Uh, that's the one thing they need to fix going in the semi-finals. Obviously, they, they guaranteed top eight with a win over the Warriors on the weekend. Um, they've got these great young kids who have been going. Hunt, Rudolph, Talakai and Ueli, uh, I think have been wonderful for them. But, um, yeah, they're one of the worst defensive teams in the competition. They play the Roosters and they play the Raiders. So you don't want to get blown off the park by 30 in the next two weeks and then all of a sudden go into the semi-finals and go, how do we fix that? So confidence-wise, uh, if they can fend both sides over the next two weekends, if they can, they can challenge the Roosters, they can get into an arm wrestle. Um, Sean Johnson, who is in career-best form, takes a bit of control and ownership, then they've got nothing to lose on Saturday night. No one, no one will think that the, the Sharks will beat the Roosters, but it's a good way of getting some confidence with a good performance.
of all the coaches speculated to lose their positions earlier this year. Uh, John Morris, congratulations. You've survived. You've got your team uh, to back-to-back -back final series. He's blooded some new players. Surely that's a great, a great achievement, given the pressure he was under earlier this year. And even the injuries to you know, Dugan, Moylan, Fafida, yeah. they're, they're always... It is. One of them is always missing. Losing Josh Morris to start of the year as well, and then all the, the dramas with Bronson Sherry, losing him, who's a, a future superstar. So he's had his work cut out. And you, know, you look at not only the results, but for me... When I look at a coach and his role, you look at the individual development in a lot of these players. And, you know, you've got guys hit there in the side that have become regular first graders that were part of the Newtown setup last year. And their games come on in leaps and bounds. So, look, I think John Morris has to be commended for, for the role he's done there in bringing those guys through. All right, well, Kyle Flanagan, enjoy a win against his former club and celebrate the week of his 23rd birthday in style. You can find out by tuning into Foxtel, Sky New Zealand, KO, and, of course, uh, right here on the NRL app using your Telstra at Live Pass. All right, the Raiders host the Warriors in what should be a great game on Sunday afternoon, remembering that we're back at a 2pm kickoff after we've had the later game in recent weeks. Today is a day to remember for the Raiders after Josh Papali put to bed speculation he wanted to return home to Queensland by re-signing with Canberra. Saliva Havili is back in the starting side with Tom Starling dropping back to the bench. Sia Soliola is again in Jersey 21 but is expected to come into the 17. And Curtis Scott still isn't in the 21 as he battles a leg injury. The Warriors receive a double boost as they farewell a couple of eels. Cody Nikarima has been named despite picking up an arm injury against the Sharks while Eli Katora has been named on the bench. It's interesting given Todd Payton said on the weekend he won't take any chances with him following hand surgery. George Jennings and Daniel Alvaro have returned to Parramatta, so Adam Kieran comes into the centres and pays, uh, Hayes Perham uh, move on, moves on to the wing. He's the only warrior yet to be used in 2020, but Tom Arla um, becomes the latest warrior to make his NRL debut. Elsewhere, Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah Papali'i and Tohu Harris could swap places in the pack as they did against the Sharks. Jermaine Tornua-Brown is suspended. So Josh Papali uh, looks like he's set to be a Raider for life after he re-signed with the club until at least the end of 2024. He's got an option in his favour for 2025 as well. He spoke to media a short time ago. You know, I was looking forward to settling before, uh, you know, I started this year, but that wasn't the case with everything going on and, um, you know, sat down with the club uh, a few weeks ago and, uh, finally got it down. Uh, you know, I never said that I was going to move up and play for a Queensland club. I just said, um, you know, I wanted to go and look after my parents. Well, congratulations. Big Papa House uh, in Canberra for at least the next four to five years. Noddy, by the end of that deal, will Josh Papali be the greatest Raiders forward of all time? He'll be pretty close to it, won't he? He's certainly... Uh, Ricky Stewart has rated him one of the greats already. Uh, and he's, as you said, he's got another four or five seasons we think of. It's just very timely that it come out that it was rumours of him going back to Sunshine Coast or the Brisbane somewhere just in that negotiating period uh, <laughs> just to help this get across the line. Um... You know, they've had some great forwards. You know, I was thinking about, you know, Glenn Lazarus was one of their leaders in the 90s, um, Bradley Clyde. Um, you know, they've had some superstars coming through in that era. But he's the leader. Like, he, he, you know, that ankle tap he did the other week when he ran 80 or 60 metres and kept chasing and chasing and got foggy. Um, he, he comes up with big performances. Uh, this forward pack, like, 
they're all the same frame. They're powerful, they're physical. Um, the halves play on the back of them. So it's a great signing for the Raiders that they're actually not losing one of their favourite sons and, and, a, and a really good player. And they're missing Corey Horsburgh, Emre Gula potentially yeah. for the rest of the year. Bailey Simonson, Josh Hodgson. I mean, Ricky Stewart would have a real headache uh, if all those players were there. One that is set to return this week, Sia Soliola. Ricky Stewart has said all along since his return uh, to the NRL, he has been the Raiders' spiritual leader. Every side has one, Robbie. He might not be as good as the Josh Papali, but his return, given his experience at the back end of the year, how big will this be for the Raiders? I think it's huge. And you mentioned Josh Papali there, and I think Sia Soliola is almost of the same importance to the Canberra side because of, you know, as you said, he's like their emotional leader and uh, he makes such a difference to their side. He's an experienced player. Uh, he's someone that's, someone that's very well respected. All the other forwards uh, get on the back of his work as well. So... Look, I think as you, they've got so many guys missing this year through injury that he's such a timely addition for them coming back into the big games. And hopefully there's more good news uh, for Raiders fans in the next couple of weeks with uh, Sia re-signing with the club. Fingers crossed for them. All right, uh, they've been great, the Warriors. Uh, unfortunately, they won't be part of the final series. After 25 seasons and fluctuating uh, fortunes, though, how important is, they is it for them to make 2020 a pivotal moment to change their fortunes going forward? Well, I think we've seen some some great development in the Warriors this year. I think everyone expected them just to to keel over and and fall apart. But you know, as the season's gone on, they've gotten better and they've got more consistent. I think that's the biggest thing out of the Warriors side this year, where they've had every every right not to be consistent to to really uh, lose their way. But yeah, they've they've played tough in the last six weeks. They've they've been you know relentless. They've been gritty. They've hung in there when you know they were down in games and really fought for the 80 minutes and. Yeah, I'd like to think that this is the new Warriors moving forward. Is this the springboard for the Warriors and their culture moving forward? Have they set a new standard? Well, I think they have, yeah. But you know, an unfortunate part of it is the coach that's helped make all these springboard go forward. He actually leaves them in two weeks' time because he's going to go back to the North Queensland Cowboys. They made a big decision when we said Stephen Kearney uh, to be sacked a few weeks into COVID. Like, we thought there'd be some lenience in there. They let Blake Green go. Obviously, that was an unhappiness there. So... There's a change, you would think, there. The players have got to carry this change going forward with the new coach, Nathan Brown. He's got to get on what's worked from this year and make sure that they compete every year for semi-finals and be consistent. They've, they haven't made a semi-final for a fair while. Yeah, a couple of years ago they made it, but they went out in the first game. Yeah, but they are not really reached the pinnacle that we thought they wouldn't reach. Hmm. All right. Well, the Knights, they're back playing finals footy this year uh, for the first time in a while. They take on the Dragons in the Hunter, uh, Sunday, 4.05pm at McDonald Jones Stadium. Kalen Ponga is back in the Knights' number one jersey after earning a rest last week. That sees fullback Tex Hoy shift to 5'8", with Mason Lino dropped to the reserves. Homel Hunt and Mitch Barnett are also back after a rest. That forces Gahamet Jibasaki out of the 21-man squad while Jacob Saifidi is on the bench. Chris Randall starts at hooker for the second time in his NRL career with Kurt Mann suspended for a week. Bradman Best isn't on this week's team sheet, but he is expected back next week. An old face returns while a new face emerges in this week's Dragons lineup. Rep back rower Tarek Sims is back on the bench after overcoming a shoulder injury suffered in round 13, while Max Figai gets his first shot at NRL level. The highly fa fancied 19-year-old is a New South Wales under-18s and Australian schoolboys representative. Their inclusion sees Billy Britton and Tyrell Fuimaono drop off the bench. The coach, Adam O'Brien, said Kalen Ponga needed a rest. If he did, in fact, need a rest, will we see the best version of Kalen this weekend? Yeah, I think he'd be fresh after last week. Uh, he avoided a trip down or up to Sunshine Coast to play the Storm. And uh, Look, I, I think it was 
a timely rest for him. He'd, he'd kind of been in the wars a few weeks previously. He'd been battered and bruised a little bit. Uh, he's their key player heading into the finals. So you want him uh, fresh and ready to go. So I think it was the right decision by Adam O'Brien last week to rest him. And I think, yeah, he'll have a spring in his step this weekend. When you've got Caelan Pongi, as you said, you need him fresh because yeah. they're such a better side when he's in the side. Like Mitchell Pearce delivers the game plan, steers around kicks and bits and pieces. The week against Cronulla, Caelan Ponga came out in the first 20 minutes and blew the game apart. He won the game in the first 20 minutes and then later had the head knock and, and well rested. I, I feel sorry for Adam O'Brien because every two or three weeks he's, he's having an attack of them about their attitude and their, and their, and their defence. Where to now, though? Well, I mean, mm. It's like if Caelan Ponga plays, they go great. But Callum Ponga can't be the answer to the defence, can he? Like all the all the all the kids, all the fact that they're so up and down consistently. Is it a bit? If, if the Knights were without Callum Ponga as long as Manly were without Tom Trebojevic, they'd be in the same situation. Yeah, be, yeah. That's how I feel like they'd be in the same situation. Okay, I think they're just so important to their sides, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tex Hoy is uh, speaking of Callum Ponga, never going to be the number one preferred fullback while Callum Ponga is there. Uh, but given he's been the preferred fullback. Uh, 5-8 this week ahead of Phoenix Crossland. Does that show maybe where Adam O'Brien's head's at with that position going forward? Yeah, well, he's had an opportunity to give a couple of players a go. Yeah, as you said, Kalen Ponga's going to play number one every time Kalen Ponga's healthy and right to play. Uh, Tex Hoy, we, we heard before round one that obviously both Andrew and I think Matthew Johns both said that Tex Hoy should have got picked to the 5-8 outside of Mitchell Pearce. He'd done a wonderful off-season. He's exciting. Um, we've had a taste of him. Obviously, Mason Lenor. Um, the coach thinks he's not up to scratch. Obviously, Phoenix Crossland's probably more of a that jersey number 14. So, obviously, for Hoy, he gets a shot and he gets to prove himself. Well, hopefully, uh, he's in good form uh, this weekend, as was uh, Cody Ramsey, a double on debut. We've seen Adam Clune uh, be impressive at times this year. And now Dean Young is handing another rookie uh, his debut, Max Figai, on the weekend. Does it cause for some optimism for Dragons fans moving forward? They've got these young guys coming through the ranks and they've got a new coach. So, no more speculation about off-field appointments. Yeah, that's right. They've settled now. Uh, obviously, they'll have to find some new assistant coaches and, and Griffin will have to come up with that. Um, they've got some good, young, promising kids. Um, the unfortunate thing is they do lose Tyson Brazel to Newcastle. Obviously, they lose their best player uh, or one of their best forwards. Um, there's Clune's a bit like a Fogarty in some regards. Mm. They build a game plan. They're nice and consistent. They, they, they probably won't win your grand finals, but they'll help steer you around and be a part of the competition week in, week out. Just one word answer. Dragons play finals footy next year. No. No. Oh. Yes. Glass half full kind of guy. All right, make sure you stay, uh, oh, you tune into all the action round 19 this weekend via our broadcast partners, Nine, Foxtel, Sky New Zealand, KO, or using uh, the NRL app and your Telstra Live Pass. Who misses the eight next year from this year now that you've just said they make it? The Sharks. Oh, Bailey's headline Sharks gone. Jeez, you hate That's my oh, prediction for next year. Trigger there, too. Jeez, you hate that one. Really go. Huh? You said John Morris has done a great job. Now you're kicking him out of the semis next year. All right, uh, time for predictions. I'll put Robbie on the spot first. Uh, my prediction is I don't think the Bulldogs deserve to win the wooden spoon. So I'm hoping they can get a win. If not this week, my prediction is this week. If they lose this week, I'll predict them again next week. But hopefully the Bulldogs to get a win this weekend and avoid the wooden spoon. OK, Noddy? Um, Stephen Crichton will score two tries. OK, that's good. 
He's got some work to do to be uh, the number one uh, try scorer in the game again. It's a hot sure. race. Only one prediction this week? Is that? Yeah, it took me a while to listen to oh, Zach, okay. but I'm listening now. Okay, it's only taken you, what, almost three, <laughs> almost three years. Inside the NRL, uh, we'll be back next uh, Monday from 5pm. Join Katie Brown, Michael Chamis and Jamie Soud. You can catch yesterday's episode with former Gillaroo and Channel 9 commentator Alana Ferguson on NRL TV. As I said uh, off the top of the show, this is a very special weekend uh, for the NRL. It's the 14th edition of the Women in League Round. So all to, to all the women out there that uh, make our gra- game so great, uh, both past and present, uh, thank you for your ongoing support. Um, we can't wait to see the NRLW kick off for the third year in a couple of weeks. Um, but that's, up, that's uh, it for us. Enjoy the footy uh, this weekend. Uh, hopefully we see uh, a couple of predictions come off. We'll see you next Tuesday.